it's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Oh, boy. Here it comes. It's like pandemonium, Heather. Okay, so I was thinking. She said what? I think I got it figured out. This is how this to do is life. how to do life. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. I have seen the light. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd. Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Hey, Chrissy, what's up? Ah, oh, you know what? When I hear that intro, it just puts me in the zone. I know. Ready to Isn't go. It fun? Let's do a show, Heather. Well, let me tell you how my day has been going. Last <laughs> night, <laughs> last night, looked at my calendar. Robbie and I were talking about how's the week, you know, how's this, what's coming up. Looked at my calendar and it's like, oh, it should be pretty easy. I don't really have very much on my calendar. Uh, that's how I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then, so this morning I got up, I did my normal thing. I went running, sit down at my computer, make my coffee, getting my notes ready for the day. And, um, my phone, I noticed my phone is ringing and it's the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. I answer the phone. This is eight twenty in the morning. We're 20 minutes late for a telehealth appointment <laughs> Oops. with the doctor. So... I had to get my 14-year-old out of his bed, mm-hmm. like wake him up and be like, hey, dude, uh, the doctor's on the phone like right now. And <laughs> like 20 minutes ago. It's a video call. So got to get up. And so that was fun. And then got that settled. I go out, you know, we're doing the, um, I, I, I'm calling this time QT, quarantine, quarantine parenting. QP. 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 Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Quarantine parenting. So I'm going out for my quarantine parenting, which it means getting my eight-year-old out for a run. So we go out for a run. We come like five minutes from home and my phone lights up again and I realize I have a client in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I race home. I throw a book at him like, read. <laughs> And then I go into my office and I am completely, totally mindful with my client. Mm-hmm. And we have a delightful session and it was great. And then I, I, I wrap that up and I, I get back into my work and I, I'm thinking, okay, now I'm, I'm going to be able to get ready for the show. Right. And I'm typing my notes and like literally 20 minutes before I leave to drive over here. And I thought I was going to have the whole morning to like really like be really present with this content and then your my- listeners <laughs> you get our authentic selves whatever that is there are days when we come in here and and like it this is meticulously planned out and perfect and wonderful and then there are times when we've got something scribbled on a napkin and it's like not any <laughs> that's what i have going on today i got a sheet of paper y'all um and so, you know, that's just life sometimes. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting at the computer and I'm typing up and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this, one, this, one, talk about this. And then my, my eight-year-old comes out and he has a question for me. He's like, mom, there's something that I want to talk with you about. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, I don't have time for this. And then my voice, of course, says, what is it, sweetie? And he <laughs> says, <laughs> he says, I'm kind of concerned about when the sun is going to die. Mm. 
And I'm like, I've read about this quite a bit. He's got some time. We're all right. I was like, it's not, it's not, it's not soon. (laughs) And what I'm trying to like to, to figure out is how can I, how can I be like best mom and like drop what I'm doing and, and come like to have this conversation with him and also be a grown up, like, you know, it's that. Mm -hmm. So that happened. And then, um, and then I was driving over here and I was thinking about like, that's just like a metaphor for how life is right now. Like we think we've got it down. You know, we think we understand the quarantine rules and the COVID rules. And then up oh, the next day, rules are changed. Mm-hmm. Now it's different. Yes. And this week rules are different. Rules are different in Florida. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're different everywhere. Texas rules became different on Friday. Okay. And I know that because of my Texas company. Um, everything reopened for the weekend in Texas. Florida uh-huh. at least, you know, gave us the weekend to... And Georgia also. Yeah. I think things I think changed right. I think everything's open in Georgia. in Georgia. Yeah. So it's kind of like this whole, like, hurry up and wait. Mm-hmm. Or, like, we think we've got it down, and then the rules are flipped. Right. And we're confused again. And and that is difficult mm-hmm. for humans. Yes. It's it's not our it's not our um our ideal habitat. And it's also, um, as I said to you when we walked in today, I feel like now we're set up for real divisiveness. Like yeah. we've all kind of come together fairly nicely, but now people are allowed to do things and other people still believe that they shouldn't be doing things and like you said about your your facebook situation this morning right yeah i I, some friends have been jubilantly posting that they're eating out in restaurants and half of the reactions are hearts and and thumbs up and then the other half are sad and angry faces Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean i think that we've we're the pendulum is swinging mm-hmm. you know i saw a woman posted a video of her daughter with three little friends and the caption was like slowly coming out of quarantine and she's really trying to mitigate you know like she she's sharing what she's doing but she's really trying to mitigate any negative responses you know like we've been very good we have these three kids here now you know three friends and I'm interested to see what kind of reaction she gets from that, you know, and and I haven't really, I guess, thought through my personal feelings on it yet either. Like, I was talking with a woman who manages a restaurant last night, and I said, are you excited to reopen tomorrow? And she said, no. Mm -hmm. And she said that one of her um, regular clients had gotten a little bit drunk and a little Mm. bit in her face over the weekend and said like he was basically bragging about how he hasn't been taking any precautions and how he hasn't been quarantining and how he's fine and he was like and you're fine too like you're I mean you're fine and you just need to calm down and she's like I have a severe history of asthma. I have a staff to think about. And Mm -hmm. she's like, for you to come and tell me how I should feel is not all right, you know. And she was also saying she's 28 years old. You know, she's um, a little slip of nothing, you know, just Mm -hmm. this little young little girl who's managing this restaurant. And this Friday night, they're putting a live musician outside. 
And she's like, what am I going to do when 60 or 100 people decide to congregate out there? You know, she's like, I got to send my staff out to serve them drinks. I'm not the police. I'm not going to tell them they have to leave. You know, and she's like, and my boss, the owner of this establishment, you know, I said I'm uncomfortable. And he says my investors want to make some bucks, you know. <laughs> and so they're having live music and they, and they're going to end up with a lot more people there. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, because it's outdoor and there's a lot of space. Yeah. And, you know, like inside the tables are going to be six feet apart. And there's limited capacity, but even limited capacity, capacity numbers are usually really high, higher than what would normally be in there. So the tables were set up yesterday. They're ready to go for today. And I was like, this doesn't look significantly different than the dining room usually looks. You know, like when it's at full capacity, it's not really different. And I said, how many people can you have in here? And she said, well, the limited capacity was, I think, 50 it's not a huge, huge place. You know yeah. what I mean? So their normal capacity is 200. And I don't know, 50 people in that little building, that would be like a like a normal night there. Right, yeah. Because you know, they're not usually super, super full, you know, at dinner time, unless it's like a special event or whatever. So I'm like, I think it's going to be kind of like a, a regular night. And I think they might be busier. Right. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, we'll see. I mean, people are going to have to make their own Mm-hmm. personal judgment about how safe they feel, you know, going out and doing things. And, you know, everyone's going to have to do that. I did notice this weekend when I was driving, um, you know, it was graduation weekend. Yes. And um, I did see a few, I, I started calling them side yard grad parties mm-hmm. because it was social, like it was people sitting, like a small group, you know, it was mm-hmm. the, it was obviously like immediate family mm-hmm. who wanted to celebrate their graduate. Mm-hmm. And so they had set up a table outside with balloons and they had their chairs and it was obvious that they were having a graduation party. I even saw one family taking pictures and it was just so... Like, I, I noticed it as we were driving by, and um, because we, we had to get out of the house. So we got in the car, and we drove around, and, um, you know, it's kind of like saw the, went to, did you like a tour, did a tour of, tour lakes. of lakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went looked at different lakes. And, um, and so I noticed this as we were driving past this house, and I thought that, like, that moment just seemed like a snapshot in my head mm-hmm. of... This is the time we're living in right now where this is the year where your graduation ceremony was in the front yard Mm -hmm. with your parents. Yep. You know, or, you know, like, and it was this totally sterile environment. It it just every once in a while gets me like, wow, this is where we live. Yeah. I mean, it, it is striking. And I will say that, you know, it was nice this weekend to see people celebrating any way that they could and trying to be happy but it's not a happy way to do it and right. it, like and I know a lot of graduate uh, you know um including in my family you know we had we had a grad and it it wasn't the most joyful way to no. do it you know I mean even though you make it the best that you can you know and, and you you know make it all that you are able but that's not yeah, the way that you want to celebrate it and the way that you want to, you know, for the person in my family, you know, leave the college campus, 
You're never going to see some of those people again. Mm -hmm. You went on spring break from a job that you had for three and a half years, and then you got a phone call saying, well, I mean, we can't have you come back, and you never get to say goodbye to those people that you worked with for all that time. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a really tough transition with, and where do they go? You're going to go get a job? Probably not right now. You're going to go, you know, live at your mom's house, which was not your goal and dream (laughs) after, you know, getting a college education. Right. So it's a... It's it's interesting right now. I think about the moms and the dads. You know, I, I've said for a long time that, you know, when we're done with high school, I want an award. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want a party for me. Right. I got you there. <laughs> and, you know, I, it, when I see the moms and dads in the front yard with their graduates, I think about, you know, the process that they have gone through to get that child to that point. And... Um, so I have something that's that's a chuckle. It's a mom moment that yes. is funny. That is just one of the, like, it's the kind of a juxtaposition of seeing the parents with their graduate in the front yard and then reading this story about this mom with little kids mm-hmm. who is in the process of raising the kids up. Mm-hmm. And I, I posted this on Facebook. Um, I shared it, the post because it cracked me up so much. And I thought this is something that needs to be celebrated. So this mom posts... She's like, let me tell you how my day is going. Um, she's like, I, you know, we're all at home. We're stuck at home. It's a little bit monotonous. We're looking for anything to occupy our time and distract us. So one of my friends, this is like her friend, um, had posted a, an event on Facebook for a car parade. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I'm pretty much desperate for anything to get us out of the house. So I clicked interested. And I got all the information and, and gathered up the kids. Hey, guys, we're going to go for a car parade. It was said, it said, everyone is welcome. We're just going to drive around town for an hour and just have fun. Mm-hmm. So she gets the kids in the car and or the minivan and they drive down to the elementary school where the cars were all queuing up mm-hmm. and she pulls in and then she realizes All of the other cars are like classic cars or hot rods (laughs) and like fancy cars. And she's in her town and country minivan. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. And so she's like, I'm committed. Like there's a car in front of me. There's a car behind me. I can't get out. Mm -hmm. Plus the kids think we're in a parade. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way I can turn around and say, sorry, kids, we're going home. So she drove that minivan through town in the classic car parade good for her (laughs) i know (laughs) i love that so i salute you (laughs) tara that was awesome way to lay it down like a boss mom and take your your kids through the classic car parade in your minivan (laughs) in your town and country i love it and then at the end she's like oh and did i mention that the kids were wearing halloween costumes You know what? I like it. She made a happy memory. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's part of the journey of getting your kids to graduation and, you know, all of those moments in between. And so when I saw the the side yard grad parties and then I read the mom in the minivan story, I was like, man, this is just a crazy journey that we're Mm -hmm. all on. And, you know, that is that is a unifying thing. So I also saw something this this weekend um, online that you are really going to appreciate. Now here's part of the show where Chrissy and Heather tell us what to do. Well, might I recommend... 
I'm going to post this because you have to see it. Okay. I'm going to do a, a, a decent job of describing it, but then I want everybody to go to our Facebook page and actually watch this video um, because it is absolutely beautiful. And the two of us especially will appreciate it as hikers. Okay. Okay. So it's the, um, the title, the headline of the story is one that I'm now I'm not going to be able to see because of that. <laughs> oh, um, the, the gist of it is a man hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm-hmm. Okay, the PCT. It's 2,663 miles mm-hmm. from Mexico to Canada mm-hmm. through California, Oregon, and Washington. It passes through 25 national forests and seven national parks. Yes. And he runs a, um, a travel blog called Halfway Anywhere. He filmed one second of each day. And put them into a three-minute video. Oh, cool. And it's absolutely gorgeous. It will bring you down from this frantic, chaotic, Mm -hmm. anxiety place where we are. Mm -hmm. And it'll just lower your heart rate. I can't wait. Lower your blood pressure. (laughs) You just watch it. And it's like, I'm getting chills thinking about it. You watch it and it's like, this. we are, for one, a blip on the radar Mm -hmm. of time. You know, the the journey that we're having is so minuscule compared to the enormity of the universe. And there are places where, you know, it's fresh air and sunshine and water and dirt and trees Mm -hmm. and snow. And it was absolutely beautiful and relaxing. And I want everybody to watch it. I feel like if I weren't a hiker during this period of history in our lives that my quality of life would be much 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 lower if I hadn't already learned the joy of being outside in the fresh air and being a part of you know just knowing how to enjoy nature knowing how to just put one foot in front of the other on a trail because it brings me so much peace and it brings me so much clarity and allows me to think and allows me to it makes me a better writer it makes me a better mother it makes me a better friend and i'm so grateful that i have that skill and the mindset that that brings um in my toolbox now yes. i think there's a nitsky quote mm-hmm. um all good things come from a walk is yes. that what it is yeah <laughs> and is, yeah something like that yeah i gave you a quote there we go oh Boom. look at that heather's Thank quote you. i didn't even have one <laughs> i'm gonna borrow it so yes the outdoors have been my saving grace yeah totally being able to go outside and um and and that is where i find sanity and connect with myself again mm-hmm. so um so everybody um take a look at that video it's really really nice and then go outside and go outside watch it outside Okay, so um, I posted a for your eyes only mm-hmm. um, for my grab bag topic. Okay, great. What? Is what that? did they come up with now? Ew, not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Something I have noticed during QP. Quarantine, quarantine parenting. Quarantine parenting. <laughs> we just both butchered that. Good, <laughs> good try, though. Quarantine, quarantine parenting. Yeah. Quarantine parenting is... My kids are getting sassy. Sassy pants. They have their sassy pants on. (laughs) And I saw a picture online um, of a van where somebody had written in, like, shoe polish or whatever, the teachers lied, my child is not a joy to have in the classroom. (laughs) 
Liars. And, you know, and I've been, there, there have been a few moments where I have thought, you know, is this how you act at school? Because if you act like this at school, I think I would have gotten a phone call. It's not how they act at school. No. Absolutely not. And it made me think about basic manners. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you remember I told you I was going to do a show on Southern manners. Yes, like weeks ago. Yes. We're finally there. Ago, we're finally there. Okay, great. Now, so what I asked in my For Your Eyes Only video is, like, are manners inherently, like, people talk about Southern manners, like there aren't good manners other places, you know, like, right. of course there mm-hmm. are, you know, etiquette is, it's a worldwide thing, you mm-hmm. know, it's a cultural thing. Um, but I do think that there's something about being raised in the South mm-hmm. and what I knew was expected and what was polite and what was impolite. And I wonder if you being raised up in the great white north of Ohio mm-hmm. were also raised with expectations from your parents for what was considered polite or impolite that you now hold your children to. Yes, definitely. I was raised with, you know, certain things that were allowed, weren't allowed, um, certain ways of speaking that were allowed, weren't allowed. But I will say that when I moved to Florida, because where we live in Florida is more like South Georgia. Right. And it's more Southern than Mm -hmm. other parts of Florida. And when I moved to Tallahassee specifically... I find that there are sets of people whose manners are much more stringent. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Southern manners are much more, uh, you know, stringent than, yes. than perhaps uh, my version of manners. And I find that some people find me body as such. Oh, mm-hmm. so like maybe you are... Um... Well, I have the most potty mouth of anyone that I know, pretty much. Okay. You know, like, and so some people might not enjoy that. I know people with more of a potty mouth than you. Really? Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. You got to raise your game. Well. You could be much more body. <laughs> I'm, I'm very well behaved on this show. That's true. <laughs> I'm very, very well behaved on this show. And I try, I'm pretty well behaved in, like, board meetings and whatnot, you know, but I am the person who will drop the occasional F even in a board meeting, you know, and in my regular life and conversation, yeah. especially with close people, I feel like it's let loose. It's a little bit. Yeah. A bit much. <laughs> well, we got a comment from one of our listeners, Lacey. Um, and she says, as far as spoken manners, I think of universal manners as please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Southern manners include yes or no, ma'am or sir. Yeah, the ma'am, ma'am stuff wasn't part of my upbringing. I really wanted to raise my boys with saying ma'am and sir, and I have failed miserably on that. <laughs> like, they both are like, yeah. Like, you know, like, not my even kids, yes. Like, I'm like, hey, somebody spoke to you. You have to answer them. Yes. Like, no, that is one. I mean, you just have to, you have to acknowledge that another human being said something to you. Like, my goodness, I would love it if you could yes, sir, no, sir, you know, but at least acknowledge that another human being is present in the space. Yeah. Don't make me say, hey, someone's talking to you. I agree. (laughs) I agree. And I had to teach, um, I had to teach some online etiquette where um, when you say, when you're on a video call and you say, okay, I have to go. You don't just say goodbye and then hit the button. Like you have to give them a chance to say goodbye also <laughs> so that it's a mutual understanding that the conversation is now over we're and done. we're going to leave. Mm-hmm. 
So, okay. So, um, on a list of Southern manners, mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes with that because I think this is probably manners everywhere. Don't chew with your mouth open or Ugh. talk with your mouth full. Yeah, for sure. That's gross. And never, I, I told my kids. <laughs> I just turned valley for a second. That right. is gross. It is, though. So once it's in your mouth, <laughs> nobody needs to see it gross. again, ever. Ugh. And that, that makes me squeamy. Yes. Take off your hat or cap in the house, especially around a lady. Mm. And um, I was at a wedding where it was a very casual wedding where there were some boys wearing baseball caps and some of the older women had a big, big, big problem with it to the point where they went and told them to take it off. Um. Yeah, I don't really subscribe to the hat rule so much. But I, I mean, only for me, it's only the national anthem. You can't wear a hat. You got to take your hat off. I do feel a little weird if I'm wearing a hat indoors, but I kind of feel like that rule is more for men. Yeah, women can get away with anything. Yeah. We can wear whatever much. we want. Elbows off the table. Yeah, I don't think I'm very good at that one. I feel like I put my elbows on the table sometimes. But I, it is like I, I am kind of fussy about... If we sit down to dinner, but we don't very often. We, they sit at the bar. I stand across from them. Yeah. <laughs> Even when we go to restaurants, I feel like because I go to the Southwood Golf Club so frequently, and at the Southwood Golf Club, all the kids play outside while mm-hmm. the parents eat. Right. I'm like, I don't think I've taught my kids when you go to a restaurant that you're actually just supposed to sit there. Like, you know, like right. The place that we go the most. Right. Is there's no rules. <laughs> I use our dinner time, I'd say that probably three to four times a week, we actually sit down at the table and eat what I would consider like like a real family. Mm-hmm. I know and sometimes I'll be like, we're all going to sit down like a real family. <laughs> we're going to be like a real family today. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a stickler for table manners, for no elbows on the table, mm-hmm. um, napkin in your lap. You know, you you wait for everyone to be sitting before you start eating. You have to ask to be excused. You have to ask yeah. to be excused. Um, yeah, and I'm, like, I want my kids to know how a table is supposed to be set. That's important to me. Right. Like, that was important when I was a little kid. Yeah. That we knew where the fork went. Exactly. That you know to work from the outside in. And that you, you know, like, yeah. I want them to know how to do that, you know, and. I yes. learned from a friend that my eight-year-old was teaching his classmates table manners table etiquette, oh, um, including elbows off the table. Mm-hmm. And he told somebody that they were being impolite. Um, when friends come over, children should let their guests choose the game and snacks. Yeah, my kids have a rough time with that. I'm like, guess what? This person is your guest. And they're like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, your job is to entertain them. Exactly. They're at your house. You yeah. Know? Like, so, yeah, that's, that's one for sure. So here's one that is a conundrum. And I I saw a video on Facebook that was hilarious. It was a mom schooling her kids on the rules before they went to a party. (laughs) And I tell my kids the same thing. You do not ask for a snack. If one is offered to you, then you may accept. But you don't Mm -hmm. ask for a snack. You are well fed. I will feed you before you go. You're not starving. So you you are not going to be there long enough to where if you don't eat, you're going to perish. You do not ask for a snack. But if a snack is offered to you, then, of course, you may have one. On the other hand, when a friend comes over, you always offer a snack. They are not probably going to ask for one because their mom has probably told them to not ask for a snack. So, therefore, you must offer a snack. I think that's good. (laughs) 
If somebody comes to my house, uh, yeah, I'm I would, going to offer them. I, I would always offer a snack. I don't know if I've ever told my children not to ask for a snack, though. If you're hungry, I think it's fine. Whatever. Like, I, I don't care if a kid asks me for a snack. Oh, my gosh. I'll say number nine on the list. It is considered bad form to ask for something to eat when you're a guest. You must wait to be offered food or drink and sometimes hope to be. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, if I came to your house and you had a cup of coffee, I would totally be like, ooh, can I have a cup of coffee? <laughs> I would have offered you a cup of coffee I know, immediately. I know you would have, but if you didn't, I would be like, I need some coffee. Like, well, I would, I, like, I totally would. And I would, I would expect that in my house, you're comfortable enough with me to get up and get some coffee. Well, yeah, and I actually like when someone comes to my house and is comfortable enough, like that's a sign of friendship to me. Yeah. Like I, so to me, I'm like, get whatever you want, make yourself at home, you know? And so it's, I, I kind of like when the neighbor kids come in and raid my pantry. Right. You know, and I think that is part of the dance, the art of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it is, none of these are, are hardwired rules. You know, they're, their pleasantries and then their cultural rituals that mm-hmm. we do. And I've explained to my um, my kids, my older son used to have a problem with ladies first. He thought that, he's like, I thought we were supposed to be equal. Why do they always go first if we're equal? And, you know, that's a complicated answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to remind them that manners are what you do to make other people feel comfortable around you. So... You, the polite thing to do is to allow others to go first. Mm-hmm. And so, but then that is a kind of a catch-22 because then it's like, well, who who should go first? Right. Well, like, for me, I want my children to observe the rules of the other house. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach them, if the other parent ask you to do something like just I guess respect the parent and the rules of their house you know so if we walk into someone's house and they say you take your shoes off here then you take your shoes off here and I want my kids to know things like you don't sit down on their couch and put your feet up on their coffee table or something like that's terrible like and I don't know if my kids do that or not and if they do I want other parents to be like not in my house right sucker you know what I mean like because if a kid came in my house and sat down on my couch and put their feet up on my coffee table I would be like mm, no like my own child does that and I'm like absolutely not I don't want your grubby feet near my you know coffee table like I agree I agree and you know I hope this- other parents yell at my kids <laughs> if necessary they do not saying. I can assure you not about something like that I would, I, I would really like for someone to, if my child is at their home and my child is not observing the rules of their home, you know. Actually, my my sister was with me this weekend, and she was saying that um, when we are together in a few weeks, she's having bunk beds put up at her house. And she said, the rule of my house is going to be only the oldest son is allowed on the top bunk. And she's like, and even when your children come... And they are older and they are bigger. They are not allowed on that top bunk. And I need you before you get them here to tell them that the rule of this house is that they can't go up there. And she's like, and quite honestly, if I'm being real with you, 
the rule is your son is not allowed <laughs> on the top bunk because I can see him getting up there and jumping right. off. And, you know, and, and so she wanted me to know this weekend that, you know, like we got to do some prep and we got to let them know there is one child allowed on that top bunk and it's not you, you know. And <laughs> yeah, and I think that's reasonable request. I love that know? kind of transparency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's one that's kind of old fashioned, but I noticed some people still do it and I love it. And it is, it is not in line with feminist mentalities, but I still love it. Men and boys should stand when a lady comes into the room or when she's being seated. I love that, too. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I, I tell people, because I talk about this with boys sometimes, you know, and with, with my son and whatnot. It's not offensive to a woman for you to treat her with some reverence you know it, it doesn't mean like i'm not like stay sitting because we're the same yeah. we're not the same like being wanting to be equal in terms of how we treat each other doesn't mean that men and women are the exact same thing we're different right. you know we're different and i i like those traditional you know like i like it um dapper dan always opens the door for me yeah and i have learned that when we get somewhere he prefers it if I just stay seated and wait for him to come around and open the door. And it's hard for me sometimes because mm-hmm. I just whip the door open, bust out with my life, you know, go on. But, like, it for both of us, like, for him, it's a way to show respect to me. And for me, it's a way to respect what makes him feel good yeah. and makes him feel like a man. That's you know? the point of manners. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Another one, everybody, regardless of gender, should stand when an elder, regardless of gender, enters, enters the room or is being seated. I pretty much stand whenever somebody yeah. new comes into the room. I feel very awkward if somebody new comes into the room and I just stay in my seat like a lump. Yeah. Like, I stand up. I greet them. You know, I'm a hugger. I usually get up and hug them, whether they want to hug or not. Here's a fun <laughs> one. And I don't know whether this is just the South or universal, but it's totally true. You never let on that you've heard the story before. You listen again. Like when somebody's oh, telling no, you I the don't. story. No, absolutely not. No, I'm like, you, yeah, you tell me. Well, if an older person is telling you a story, like a grandparent is telling you a story, you listen to the story no matter how yeah, many times probably. they've told you. Mm-hmm, and you, Yeah. That's a polite thing. To I do. like to do, like, when somebody starts to tell me a story that they've told me before, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I remember we talked about this. Sometimes you know? it will. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I will do that to a peer. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I now, wouldn't do that to an elder, but I would do that to a peer. If they want to continue the story, because so, sometimes you can feel that they really want to. I'll yeah. be like, all right. You know, like, because sometimes you just haven't said it enough times and you need yeah. to say it again. And I know that I do it. Like, I find myself asking, like, have I already told you this? Mm-hmm. Are you sure I haven't already told you this? You know? I, I figure that, you know, it, the, their telling it is not for me. Yeah. Like, I'm the receptacle of where that story is going. Like, they're right. working on something and mm-hmm. it's coming and landing on me and mm-hmm. I'm just going to let it land there. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you. At, and I'm, I'm going to be curious. Is it just a question? Well, yeah. No. No, no, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. But I am interested to hear what Hot Brian has to say when he comes mm-hmm. in because this is something I'd like to hear from the perspective of a girl dad. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was thinking of it from the perspective of I a... love that you called him Hot Brian, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. That's his name. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about it from the perspective of a boy mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. When going on a date Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about this in the context of teenagers 
who are this, the early stages of, of dating mm-hmm. and courting. When going on a date, who pays for the date? Oh, who pays for the date? My convention tells me that the person who invited pays for the date. So if if my son invites somebody out on a date, that it's his invitation, and he's saying, you know, I'd like to take you to this place, and so I'm going to make sure he has enough money to pay for all of the things that could occur during the date. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this to a friend of mine who has a teenage girl, and she said, oh, no, no, no. I tell my daughter, you pay for yourself because you are not going to owe anybody, especially a teenage boy, Mm. any implied gratitude for said date. And that had never occurred to me because I'm a naive Pollyanna. I I get what she's saying, but I don't think... I think that my daughter would fully recognize that you can buy me dinner and I don't owe you shit for buying me dinner. Exactly. Like, like, I don't owe you anything. Like, you invited me to dinner. I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully the pleasure of my company was, you know, enough. So I'm curious to know what Hot Brian thinks as the dad Mm -hmm. of a teenage girl, because my perspective was if, if I'm inviting you, then it is my treat. I'm inviting you to a place. If I was inviting you to a to a concert, I would buy your ticket. If I was inviting you, like it's, and that's different from, hey, let's get together. But if it's a date where I'm inviting you on a date, then I am paying for that. I think that my son should be prepared to pay for that experience. Yeah. And I, I think that's what's polite. I, when someone asks me on a date, I expect that they're going to pay. Right. Like, okay. But I don't. I don't know if I expect to pay if I'm the asker. <laughs> That's something I was curious about. Uh, but I, does the man always pay? Kind of. Like, but I think that the man always has to expect to pay. I do and agree. the woman has the option to like, you know, like and there are times with many men in my life that will be out and I'm like, I got it. But it's really at my discretion for that day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and like, I've been seeing Dapper Dan for a while. And a lot of times I'll be like, I got this, you know, but he never knows. He never knows what he's going to get. <laughs> he never knows if I'm going to decide to be generous today or not, you know, like, because it's truly like, and not probably not fair, but it's truly kind of my choice if I decide to spend my money today or not. And yeah. the boy's choice is, it's not the boy's choice. Yeah. You know, it's never the boy's choice. It, well, like, and I do find that like, if I go to lunch with hot Brian, or if I go out with Dapper Dan, or if I go to any kind of, you know, event with any man, they always get out their credit card. Yes. Like nobody ever waits, you know, to see like what's going to happen or right. says like, uh, we're going to split this or what, you know, like they just follow my lead. Yes. And if I get out my credit card, usually they'll be like, all right, I'll let you, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, and I mean, I'm not like destitute or anything. I have money, you know, and I don't mind picking it up sometimes. Sometimes I'll say, do you want to split it today? You know, if it's going to be like a big bill or, you know, like, so, but it really truly is pretty much my decision. Yeah. And I think that that's true. You know, I wouldn't expect, I would, I will always make sure that my kids have enough money to pay for 
whatever they have invited somebody to go and do. Mm -hmm. And since they are boys, I do think that the expectation is that they would pay. But I want them to be prepared for if a girl says that she's, you know, paid that, like, for if she says, well, my mom said that you can't pay for me. Right. (laughs) Respect that. Or I just want to, you know, let me get it or or let me split it with you. You know, then, yeah, then be prepared for that. Now, I'll say that it extends even beyond dating. Like I said, my sister was with me this weekend and I feel like when a guest has come to your home, like if if somebody's coming to stay with you for the weekend, Mm -hmm. even if it's your family, that I provide the food. Like I I will buy dinner. Mm -hmm. I will do whatever, you know, because you've put in the effort to travel to me and be Mm -hmm. with me. And so I want to buy that. Um, What we end up doing, you know, as siblings who travel together a lot, um, I will buy like when she got there Saturday night. I bought dinner for everybody. And then Sunday lunch on the way back from the beach, she said, we were just going to go through like a drive through, you know, like just with the kids and everything. And she said, let me get lunch. And, and I let her get lunch, but we kind of work it out. Like, especially if there's the big meal or if there, you know, and I always ask like, what snacks do you want in the house? And she does it for me too. Yeah. You know, that, cause that's just kind of how we, you know, how it works. Mm-hmm. And I will say with siblings, it's a little different than friends, but yeah. not, totally different like and it depends on the level of friendship yeah but if I have a friend at my house I'm going to provide them the food and everything and I'm also going to like if I'm at your house and we are we eat a big meal or whatever I'm going to help you clean that meal up right like it's not even a question like I have my neighbor friend I'll walk into her house and we, we'll just start a conversation. We're going to have coffee talk and I'll start cleaning her kitchen. And, <laughs> and she's she's like, you always, you, you just show up. And I'm like, I just want your kitchen to be clean. You know, like, so I'll start loading her dishwasher <laughs> and things. And but that's just the level of friendship that we have. Like, we're yeah. going to help each other. Right. And if I'm at your house and we've had a big meal and our kids have all made a mess or, our, you know, then my kids need to help your kids clean up before we leave. You know, like, we just, we got to put your stuff back how it was, you know, and I don't have any problem helping do that. I don't need to be served, I guess. I don't I don't want to be like like you said you don't want to be sitting and you feel like a lump if you don't stand up when somebody comes in the room. I don't want you to be working and slaving and doing stuff and I'm just sitting drinking coffee at your bar. I'm not comfortable then. Like it makes me more comfortable to help you too. Exactly, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that is you know part of the the art of of etiquette and manners and i'm always curious to see how people do that and mm-hmm. and how authentic you're you're willing to be with somebody and asking what do you all do here what is your thing that you yeah. do so uh-huh. i can do it too there's a story that i'm going to wrap up with um and this is going to be in in place of a quote um and i don't know that it's necessarily true i think it might be an urban legend but i love it either way okay. because it illustrates the point of of what i think etiquette and manners are all about. Um, Queen Victoria entertaining another country's dignitary at Buckingham Palace. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the meal, finger bowls were brought out and placed at each attendee's setting. You're nodding as if you may have heard this before. No, I haven't. Okay. Mm -mm. The dignitary, assuming the standards of his own culture, respectfully picked up the bowl with both hands and drank the water. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Those of Queen Victoria's court anxiously looked to the queen for her next action. With grace, she picked up her bowl with both hands and followed suit, changing the purpose of the finger bowl in that setting and for that meal. Some would affirm it's good to be queen. 
the instructor clarified that Queen Victoria exhibited good manners by choosing not to embarrass her guest dignitary. Although it is improper etiquette to drink out of the finger bowl, <laughs> it was okay that day. Yeah, I, I think that that shows a lot of grace. Yeah. I wouldn't want to embarrass them. I would have done the exact same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that as we as we go through this weird time when the rules are changing all around us every day, the rules are different. Every week, what we're allowed to do is different. And our opinions of, of what each other is doing, whether it's responsible or irresponsible or good or bad, change and swing you know, on that pendulum. Don't forget your homework. You know, let's all remember that we're all here to support each other and to help each other through life. And you know, remember the art of how we treat each other and that the purpose is always to help and to make each other feel comfortable around each other. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that as we go through the next couple of weeks of the rules changing, um, that we will continue to think about how our actions make others feel and, um, and have good manners and be, be polite and be kind to each other. That's my hope. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time. Bye.